Welcome to episode 229 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy. I am your host, Toby. Today is edition number 133 of Bubba and the Batflip. Bubba and I take a look at week 20 uh, for the last fab period. Um, Some interesting additions, some rookies um, coming up and and making a splash uh, in the fab world. We share our uh, own ads and drops, and then answer a couple listener questions. So hope you enjoy the podcast as always. If you do, please leave a rating and review. Always appreciate that. All right, let's get this party started. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bub on the Bat Flip, episode 133. Going to recap your week 20 fab action, of course, Von Grissom and much, much more. Before we do that, introductions as usual. I'm on Twitter at BDintrick, and my co-host is always on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. Toby G, how we doing, man? I'm doing pretty well, Bubba. You know, just uh, continuing continuing on in the season. You know, we're getting getting closer. I, it's like week 20 of Fab, I think, which means we've only got six more coming up, which is kind of ridiculous refreshing. to think about. Yeah, refreshing and... <laughs> I know that's I think about that and I'm like, wow, I get my Saturday night back and and Sunday sometimes. So, um, no, but it's, it's good. Um, you know, things are good. Things are funny. I'm, you know, I'm having like a decent season, but it's, uh, I posted a tweet earlier in the week because I had three teams, like my three biggest teams. Um, well, two, three of my four biggest teams. They all, I was in second place in all of them and 107.5 points in every single one of them, like super consistent. What I didn't show is if you even track that further, I'm, I'm in second in my, in my super, my two mains, my OC, TGFBI. And I was in second in bar for a little bit. I'm no longer anymore, but it's literally like just all second place. And the sad thing is with the exception of maybe one or two leagues, well, maybe three or four, but like, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit of a tough go to get to win. So hopefully I can pull off one or two of them. It's kind of funny. You mentioned that because I was looking over my stuff and I'm not a bunch of second place teams. I'm like anywhere from like fifth to seventh still in many. And then it goes back to like, maybe the whole diversification and drafts might be a good idea. Cause you can tell like I, I, drafts a lot of the same players and they're all doing about the same thing but um i was looking at like what you just said is in almost every league the first place team's like so far ahead of second like i could probably move from anywhere to like third if i run hot maybe second depending on if i like I, I can cash basically if i if i get things going but to get to first is probably next to impossible like it's just so then it's like how to, uh, the grind becomes really interesting to say the least so so that's uh, that's the uh, that's the story I'm sticking to right now, and then of course the free leagues I'm doing great in, so that's always fun. But uh, yeah, the, yeah, the battle of the pods, huh? That one bar. Like, yeah, yeah, what is it? No, what, not battle of the pods. Um, like Arizona a- first pitch, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that one, you know, I was up to like third in Raz Slam, and then that's kind of fallen back the last week. Barf doing well. TGFBI has been like, yeah, but uh, it's just funny that those ones are going just fine. So that's a whole other discussion, probably for many other people to have. But um, we'll have some fun here. We'll talk some fab, and I mentioned Von Grissom because we'll get to him. He's probably he's the obvious go top guy. But it'll be fun next week. It's just a precursor to next week. I just tweeted it out before we started because I saw some more news. There's already it's, – it's Tuesday night, and there's been about three or four prospects already called up this week. And so, like, last week it was all like, oh, Von Grissom's probably the last main guy to get called up and all this stuff. No, like, Esteban Florial just got said he's probably getting called up tomorrow for the Yankees. You got Brett Beatty got called up today. You have Langiers for the A's. Uh, I believe it's uh, Thompson or something for um, the Tigers is playing well. Like, there's a bunch of dudes that could be kind of impactful players down the stretch. It could be very interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like that's how – I feel like it's always our minds playing tricks on us, you know? Yep. What's that? There's a song that says our mi- minds playing tricks. 
mind playing trick on you i can't i can't remember <laughs> what it is it's probably one of the 90s songs i've been listening to probably. uh recently um but yeah i feel like every fab every fab period it feels like there's this massive sense of urgency you know like yep. this i need to do this now i need to get this guy i need to bid this much if i lose out on them it's it's over like that's how I always feel. It's like every week it's somebody different, you know, which yep. is probably a good sign that maybe like it's not as urgent. I mean, it, it is urgent because we're getting towards the to the back end of the season. But again, as with so many waiver wire ads, so many of them are the same guys, you know, yep. and it's just a matter of schedule, playing time, lineup position, things like that, that really determine that value and luck. I mean, yeah. luck plays such a huge factor, getting the right timing on guys. Um, and it's 100%. weird how, like, in some leagues, I feel like, and maybe this is just the difference is, in some leagues, it feels like you're always hitting that lucky reliever win or you're doing that. And then in other leagues, it feels like you can't catch a break, you know? Yep. Um, so. No, that's true. And I can't wait till we, we, we review our fab for the week because I, I got some thoughts on a lot of things you just said because I finally spent some money this week and now I'm sitting there going... Should I have waited? This is going to be fun. So yeah, it's like, but I was, I'll, I'll talk more about it, but yeah, I had a lot of the mindset you were discussing right there, but um, let's get into it. Von Grissom, as I've said a million times already, added in every OC league, 189 leagues as high as $500. So as um, Toby and I were kind of joking beforehand, basically I believe that would be somebody that wasn't paying attention most of the season and decided, oh wait, this, this this new prospect got called up. Let me spend some money. So that's their that's their right. That's their right. You can't uh, tell them they can't do that. It's very frustrating though if you're trying to uh, be competitive in a league. So that's the, the tilting part. But Grissom's been as advertised. Got a hit again tonight, but he's hit safely in all but one game. Multiple hits in four games. A couple home runs. Stolen base. Looked good in the minors and double A, single A. So looks as advertised. Playing time's the question when Albies gets back. But if he hits, he's gonna play. So what's your thoughts on uh, Grissom? Yeah, I mean, I see why people were so excited about him. You know, he was really like under my radar, honestly. I think that's a major weakness I have is just not really having a great hold or grasp on on which guys are coming up. But just listen, like decent um, walk rate, speed, power has played really well this year on a team like Atlanta that really has shown that they're willing to to um, to promote, to, to promote folks. And then you look at like the bad X projection. I mean, they're not, it's not as high on the power and the, and the speed necessarily, you know, um, but 265 batting average, uh, playing every day, at least until Albies gets back. Probably. I mean, if he continues to play like this, then there's no reason not to play him over, um, some other guys. So yeah, I, I think it's a, a smart pick. I, I wasn't super aggressive this week, less because, less because it was Grissom, but more, I think this week, I just, I kind of looked at the landscape and I was like, eh, you know, not going to be as aggressive or I have particular needs that, that will determine, you know, how aggressive I'm going to be um, with certain guys, but can definitely see the appeal for sure. Can understand why people were really aggressive with him. He, he definitely seems like a guy who could get hot and really help, help propel a lot of teams towards championships. Yeah, I was quite aggressive on him um, compared to my normal bidding. I got him in a lot of places. I love the – he's basically a five-category guy. Like, he's a, an absolute stud in that regard. Uh, he's one of the Braves' top prospects. Uh, when they bring guys up from AA, there's a reason. Look at Harris, who's actually getting negotiated for a seven- or eight-year deal right now with the Braves because that's what they do. They sign these guys young, and it was, it's ridiculous. So um, they have a track record. He's better than Orlando Garcia, and he's already proving that. So it's like when Garcia comes back from the I.L., It'd be hard to put Arcia in for him. They could. Anything can happen. Albies is back, I think, in two to three weeks, but you can always have a setback. That's always possible in rehab. Um, and if, if Grissom's hitting, like, there's no reason. Eddie, Eddie, uh, the Eagle, just got hurt again. Uh, Ozuna's, uh, no. Ozuna's been, yeah, Ozuna's been bad. So, like, there's ways to get Grissom's bat in the lineup with Ozzy Albies if necessary. So that's what I'm shooting for. We'll see. The Braves are still fighting to uh, take down the Mets as they're playing from behind on them on the season. So, We'll see that goes. That's why I was a little aggressive on him going all five categories there, and especially at second base because I lost Tim Anderson in a lot of leagues this week, so that filled MI for me very well. All right, Joey, I'm going to probably butcher it, Menises. Menises. I would call him Menises, but it's probably Menises. Mm-hmm. Of the Washington Nationals called up on August 2nd after the Soto and uh, Josh Bell deals, and he's playing every day. He's hitting all but one game so far, hitting 385 with five home runs, not striking out a ton. 
been very, very good filling in. He's kind of a, a journeyman. I'll say that much. He's been around for a bit. So I was kind of hesitant on him. This, to me, it's one of those guys that, you know, we talk about it. There's a lot of guys that are similar. To me, he seems like a similar guy, and we might have already missed his best moments. I could be wrong. But what's your thoughts on Joey? I can see both sides of the spectrum here. Joey. Yes, the wrong um, Joey, but yes, Joey. Joe, I know. There's there's many Joeys. I'm wearing my uh, Padres hat today. Not, not for Joe Musgrove, but just because it matches with my outfit. Um, <laughs> if you agree with this, please, in the comments, let us know that you agree with my outfit combination of the red shirt with the San Diego um, Padres hat. Like uh, if you disagree with it, you know, don't say anything. Um, Comment on the Joe, sleeper on the bust. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Joey, um, Joey, he was towards the top of most of my bid list, but not super aggressive with him. I was below... I think I might've gone to $13 on a couple of them, but that's kind of where I was with Grissom as well. But I got him only in TGFBI. You know who he reminds me a little bit is um, Schwindel. Um, because older guy comes up, decent contact skills, not necessarily like massive power, but if he can, he puts the ball in play enough where he can kind of run into these kind of hot spells and then has a decent schedule coming up. Uh, that was really what had me being more aggressive with him is the playing time where he's hitting. And then, you know, the schedule, he's got the Cubs for three to start off the week, seven for the whole week, you know, which is really nice. It's not horribly sustainable. I mean, you mentioned the K rate being low, which is really nice. He's got a 370 Babbitt. We know that's going to change. Home run per fly ball is at 50%. He's got five barrels and five home runs, but it is a really nice 15.6% barrel rate. You know, uh, the exit velocity is nice overall at 92.2, small sample. But the max EV isn't great at 108.6, especially for a guy that maybe you're looking for a little bit of power. So I'd guess that, you know, again, nothing like you need to be a rocket scientist to determine. But um, seems like that power, you're just hoping to get a little lucky and um, for him to get some regression next year, like Frank Schwindel got. Um, so I think over the longer term, you know, not necessarily a guy that's all that interesting, but in the short term can definitely do some damage. And I think the Nats, oh, they only got five games next week, but they do have three against Cincy um, at the back end of the week. So they really seem like they are playable. You know, he's, he's playable in essentially three out of the next four NFBC playing period. So that's pretty nice. Um, and then when he gets into the ALEs pitching or like the, the better ALEs pitching, then you can kind of move on from them. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those guys, like I said, we talk about a lot of outfielders every week that you can kind of play him, dump him, play him, dump him. He feels like one of those guys for now. Could be wrong. He could go Schwindel, like you said. It's a great comp. Uh, as a journeyman, maybe he's figured it out, and he can run hot for a month. That's very, very possible. So it's it's an interesting move for sure. Uh, next up, Justin Steele picked up in 88 leagues as high as $68. I talked a lot about him last week. I picked him up everywhere last week for his good start and his two-step this week. Uh, he came out six shutout with five Ks on uh, tonight in his first part of the two-step. He's been pretty effective over his last, you know, four or five starts. Strikeouts have been up. Slider usage has improved in a big, big way for him. The one caveat I will say is um, they do monitor his pitches pretty well. It seems like he's about 90 to 95 pitches a start. That's why some starts he's like three and two-thirds, four innings, went six tonight. So just keep an eye on that. That could be something that they would try to monitor him to get him to the finish line. They have Wade Miley coming back soon as well. So that is something that might affect his, his playing time. But for now, I love the matchups we had and so far so good. So what's your thoughts on Justin Steele? Yeah, let's take a look um, at Justin. Um, you know, he's one of those guys I know. I remember, I think I, I made fun of him earlier on in the year, but it's another reminder to just, you got you to gotta keep paying attention to these guys and tracking these guys. You never know what the change is going to be that, that leads to that dramatic impact. Like his in-zone contact is bad, but he's more kind of like a sinker baller type guy. You know, the O swing has really improved. I'm going over the last five games. It's close to 34%. Accordingly, the walk rate's down at 6.3%, which is pretty big for him because walks have been a little bit of a struggle. The swinging strike rate is up to 10.5%. The K rate is at 26.8%. So you're looking at over a 20% K minus walk over his last five. Um, I don't know if there's anything in particular. Let me just check the VLO. Um Velo's well, down. A lot, of, a lot of it's his slider. He's increased the slider quite a bit. Mm, mm. From what uh, I've seen. Maybe yeah, I'm yeah. Slider increased recently for sure, 37.5%. You know, the key with that, like one of the things that's really hard to judge overall is 
with that slider usage, it's like he's a lefty. So he's probably using that slider a lot more often against left-handed batters. And so True. you just never know like who they're facing, you know? So it's like, you know, the Nats, uh, you know, I, I can't think quick enough about like these various lineups, but I know like Miami, who we pitched really well against, they're, they're God awful against lefties, like throw any lefty yep. uh, against the Marlins at this point in time. But um, some decent lineups, you know, the Giants, the, the, um, whatever the Philadelphia team is called, the Phillies, um, Baltimore, you know, so he's pitched pretty well. And I think the metrics are improving. The in increase in the slider usage is nice. And just to look really quickly, like that slider, it's got a 14.6% swinging strike rate, 37.9%. You know, it's not super effective in the zone. So it's not a dominant pitch, but it's been effective for him. Probably generates a lot of ground balls too, would be my guess. Let's see. Um, no, it, it generates a lot of actually the exact opposite. Um, a lot of fly balls. So not a lot of hits, probably the low home run total, but anyways, way too much on Justin Steele there. Uh, he seems to be improving, you know, but like you mentioned, I mean, even when you look at his game log and against the Marlins, he pitched beautifully and he was only four and two thirds. Yep. So, um, that's tough. And like guys like that, it's just, the ceiling is so low. I feel like, and, the and the, the floor is high when you give up as much contact as he does sometimes. So, yep. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. I think they'll probably monitor him the rest of the way, and it could lead to skip starts or just shut down, see where it goes, because they kind of want him going forward. So that'll be a interesting situation to be in. This next pickup was pretty simple. Lance McCuller is added in 80 leagues as high as 248. I understood paying this. Six shutout, four walks, though, five Ks. It was the Oakland A's through 81 pitches. But like his rehab starts were getting pretty good towards the end. This start was it was very promising. Let's put it that way. I think there's still like it was 81 pitches. Maybe we see 90 next time. I don't know how far they're actually going to let him go though. They're going six man rotation right now. It looks like um, he's going to be very good. At least he should be very good. Let me say. But um, they are going to. I'd still temper my expectations a bit, but still a pretty elite arm if he's locked in. There's no doubt about that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to add here. Like he's a. Fantastic ad, um, you know, if he was still on your waiver wire, for sure. He's one of those guys where, God, stashing is a beautiful thing. It's always like this tension between, you know, um, yeah, it's just like, oh, it seems so far away. But honestly, like, I feel like my best pickups every year are some sort of, not long-term stash, but a shorter-term stash. Yeah. You know, like, um, I picked up Wander in a couple places you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think hopefully that will pay huge dividends. He um, had a setback tonight. Just throwing that out there to you. Oh, did Wander have a setback? He, he, he left the game early is what I saw. That was the headline I saw. How do you know he's not just called up early? I know he might be. He might have got the call. I'm just, just I'm kidding. just giving you a heads up. Just letting you know they left early tonight. Never mind. <laughs> they never were. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Bearing a bad news. Yeah, that's all right. No, but I just feel like it's it's kind of guys like that. Last year for me on a team was Joey Votto. He was dropped early on, you know, kind of pick him up with a few weeks to go and then kind of plug him in. There's there's somebody else that I did that to recently. There was a lot of people. There's a lot of, a lot of places this week I was putting bids in for Ozzy Albies wherever he was available. Yeah. Just like start throwing oh, him God. in now. Yeah. Yes, it was Albies. But who's the who was the other guy that was on there? Oh, Gene Segura. Yes. Gene Segura go. has been you know, great. I mean, he's not like hitting for a ton of power, but he's been stealing some bases, good batting yep. average. God, I really wish he'd played a full season. Oh, with I the know way he, was he started. It. Oh he was my it, God. I had him in a lot all of the teams, teams I needed to. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, what could have been? What could have been? Yep. It could have been. It's the luck factor you talked about. Um, the Franamil is back, folks. I am not afraid to say it in a small sample size. Fran Reyes, 79 leagues as high as 154. He had a home run and two more hits tonight. He is hitting every game, at least one hit. And he didn't strike out tonight either. That's the impressive part. Zero strikeouts tonight. Um, he has hit safely in every game for the Cubs. He's got two home runs now. He's looking great. Sometimes it's something as simple as a change of scenery. Like there, there was obviously like a lot of us talked about it. When he got DFA, it was like, okay, go get your stuff right. He played one game and got released. There was bad blood during the COVID days with him and the Guardians because he wasn't following the rules. Like there's, there had to be something else basically because now he's in Chicago. He's smiling. He's playing well. Um, change of scenery's done wonders. He's gonna strike out a ton still, but he's hitting like Franmil at least in this small sample. Small sample, but he looks good. He looks happy, and he legit could be a game changer for these last like six weeks. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, you know, like if you look at his one day sample, he's got a 286 WRC plus. So <laughs> I think he's back. Uh, no. Back. Yeah. I mean, like uh, oftentimes I feel like it's just something as simple as, um, it's just something as simple as like his home run per fly ball rate, you know, yeah. like he's at 16.1% this year. Obviously the ball, you know, earlier on in the year, especially was a little bit of a, a problematic, but career he's at 26.7%. So he's 10% below on home run per fly ball. When you look at his barrels, he's got 26 and only 10 home runs. So there's been a lack of luck there. At least he should be at like, you know, 16, 17, you know, something like that. And so oftentimes over the longer sample guys will kind of make that up. Um, even, I mean, even if you look at what he, his 600 plate appearance pace this year is 222, which isn't good, but still he's given you 20 home runs, you know, 50 runs, 64 RBI, which sounds like nothing, but honestly, like this year, it feels like something. Um, so I would expect that luck to change a little bit. And as you mentioned, maybe it already has, um, you know, they're giving him run. I was, I wasn't super aggressive on him this week, but I was definitely in on him where I need power and RBI. And so hopefully he can, um, he can put together a good little run here to the end of the season. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan. That's one of those guys I'd be willing to gamble on. So, uh, and go and see what you got to do there. This one, I kind of stayed away from another prospect pedigree grade. He looked lost San Diego. Uh, CJ Abrams came over in the one Soto deal, got uh, called back up. Looks like he's going to play pretty much every day at shortstop. Uh, and then when Luis Garcia comes back, um, I think Garcia will slot in at second base, they're saying. So Abrams should get some solid run to finish the season. He was uh, picked up in 72 leagues as high as $98. Like I said, the prospect pedigree is great. Uh, he just hasn't been able to show it in the bigs yet. Uh, and he played great in the minors, hitting 310, seven homers, 14 stolen bases. It was just a matter of transferring to the bigs. Could have been with the Padres as trouble. Maybe the, the Nats get it going for him. Who knows? But at worst... He's going to get playing time most likely for the rest of the season. So what's your thoughts on CJ Abrams? Yeah, I mean, Abrams, he's interesting. I mean, he's got a little bit of power. He's got a little bit of speed. So you look with that, you know, Bad X hasn't projected for 139 plate appearances, 232, two home runs, four steals. So not great, but the Nats ballpark is definitely an upgrade, particularly for, he's a lefty, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, particularly for a lefty. You know, I think the area where he's struggling is with his plate discipline. You know, he's chasing 45% of pitches outside the zone, which is never a, a super great recipe for success because even when you're making contact, it's generally not good. He has been a little unlucky. The 267 Babbitt, and I think in particular, he's got a about a 15% line drive rate. And so that's that's pretty low. I don't know where his his usual will be, but I think over the longer term that that you know, kind of gets closer to the league average of 2021. 20, and then you see some more hits drop. Uh, he doesn't strike out a lot. So he does put the ball and play a decent amount, which can allow him to go on some, some streaks when things get a little lucky. Barrel rate isn't terrible at 5%, especially for a guy with his speed a little bit. And again, Nats park is a good, is a good part hitting park overall. So it's, it's pretty underrated. So yeah, I can definitely see going for him. They should give him run at the end of the year, play every day. Um, I think that's, I think that's good. Yeah. I'm with you. Like I could see the appeal, especially in 15s, 15s and deeper hundred percent could see the appeal. 12 is a little trickier for me. It's like, okay, quick question for you. Would you rather have picked up Vaughn Grissom knowing he could lose playing time in two to three weeks or CJ Abrams knowing he's going to probably play the whole season? Uh, Grissom. Grissom. I would. Okay. Yeah. What about Vaughn Grissom versus Nick Gordon? Um, tough one for me uh i'd probably go grissom okay um the thing about gordon is i see it all right yeah. like i think we talked about it last time like yeah, everything is good really good but he still hasn't produced and yeah, for yeah. me he seems like a guy for next year where i feel like yeah. he's kind of settling in like the skills are looking really nice but he hasn't really put it all together and again it could just be bad luck, you know, on the home run per fly ball or something like that. But it just feels like maybe next year, instead of working on like getting that, the fundamentals in place, he's now got the fundamentals in place and he True. can kind of take the next step. I know he's added some weight after some digestive issues that he had um, last year. And so maybe like with another summer, some more working out, 
you know, increase that bat speed a little bit and bump up the production. So I like both, but I would, I would lean Grissom for right now, especially because, you know, you don't have to worry as much about the split stuff. Yeah, for sure. No, I said that was, a, that's a fun one. Gordon, cause he had a decent game tonight, but uh, I, I was talking to Brandon Warren who covers the twins and uh, Grissom was playing like every day. And then guys started like Kepler came back and a few others and he sat versus two straight lefties. Then he started against another lefty. So it's like, he's like plays 50% of the time versus lefties and all the time versus righties. So it's like a 75% playing time. It's a weird little dynamic with Gordon, but definitely someone to monitor uh, going into the next season. No doubt about that. All right. Paul DeYoung picked up in 67 leagues as high as $51 with uh, some struggles in St. Louis. DeYoung come, came back from the IL on July 30th. Dude's hitting 292 with four homers, five doubles, 13 RBIs. Still strikes out a ton, 30% uh, K rate. But he's showing some serious offensive production. It's not that long ago where we were playing DeYoung pretty regularly in, in fantasy where he was a consistent player. Last year was rough. The start of this season was rough. It's not out of the realm to think he can put it together for a month. I wasn't in on him, but what's your thoughts on Paul DeYoung? Yeah, um, I think there are some positive signs. Um, you know, and the one caveat I will put on this is he's played some crappy opponents. And he had know, Colorado the, too to top it in off. In the last yeah. little, yeah, he had Coors. He's playing the Rockies again. I think he had one one other bad matchup in there. You know, but with that said, in the 14 games that he's back, as you mentioned, he's been a lot better. The contact rate is way up. In zone is at 85.5%, which is right around league average. Contact rate up to 70% overall. Um, ground ball rate is way down, so he's hitting the ball in the air. That's not usually a problem for him. He's normally among the league leaders in a low ground ball rate, but he is hitting the ball hard 50%. You know, the O swing is down, which is good. It's kind of up and down. But again, you know, how much is that and how much is, you know, the fact that since he's been back, he's played the Nationals twice, the Cubs three times. Colorado at Colorado three times. He has had the Yankees and the Brewers mixed in there. Um, but yeah. So again, jury's still out a little bit, but I can definitely see being aggressive in with him. He's playing every day. He's moving up in that lineup. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting. He's, he could have been a good Tim Anderson replacement if you needed him, at least for now. So I, I could totally get it. If at this time of the year, I can see that as an option in certain formats for sure. JP Sears picked up in 63 leagues as high as $32, came over the Frankie Montas deal. A lot of smart people were in on him this week, two-step week. I was not. He went five innings, no runs, uh, three strikeouts against the Rangers. I talked about it time and time again on this show. He just doesn't strike guys out, and that's just like a turnoff for me when I'm bidding on pitchers. Like I'd rather gamble on Justin Steele not going deep into a game but getting me six-plus Ks, so that's where I stand. But – Sears has the pedigree. People are high on him. I was not. What's your thoughts on JP Sears? Yeah, I was, I was not. I'm, I'm in a weird place though, where I'm actually not even like going after pitching that well, much. You, I think you went off of it. It was last week or the week before you mentioned some of your pitching staffs and yeah, you don't need starting pitching. You've yeah. Some I crazy mean, good staffs. <laughs> yeah. Although you always got to be careful, you know, you can lose stuff quickly, especially as, as other teams like focus on what they're not doing as well on, but I just ha haven't been super aggressive. I'm just going to check out what he did today. It was five shutout with oh, – sorry, eight whiffs, okay. Yeah, 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 just eight whiffs, 76 pitches, which is fine, but only a 22% CSW. Yeah, I mean, the thing that really – that worries me about him is just, you know, again, you got a great outing today, which is fantastic, but like you mentioned, 27 innings, 18 strikeouts, a 17.6% strikeout rate. He does not walk guys, which is great, but he's also like not getting chases outside the zone, 27.8%. So he's required to be in the zone and he's given up a lot of contact. He just has a 208 BABIP and a 0.33 home run per nine. Yeah. And the thing about this is like, who does, who does he have at the end of this week? Is he Seattle? Is that it? Is that what he's? I think so. What yeah. he's got. I think that's what it is. Let me just check. Yeah, he's got Seattle at the end of the week. And so they're like a better offense. They're not great. So I can definitely see why people kind of went after that. And he's already like bringing it. I mean, he could have a pretty bad start next in his next one and still be pretty decent for this week. But um, 
yeah, I just feel like there's a blow. There's something, there's something bad around the corner for him. Uh, you can't do this sustainably in the major leagues. Let me throw a comp out for you. Or who would you rather a guy that we've talked about that pitches on the A's as well that I know you're not a huge fan of for many reasons. Would you rather have JP Sears or Cole Irvin? I think I'd rather have Cole Irvin. So would just, I. Just I, because yeah. he's been more successful, Yep. you know, in the big leagues. Goes deeper into games, more consistently, at least, at least six innings type. But of honestly, thing. it's a really good, it's a pretty good comp. Because, yeah, there's a lot of similarities. Lefties, like it's a lot. Yeah. Limited yeah. strikeouts, <laughs> both on the A's. Limited like, opportunity to win. Yeah, there's like they're very similar comps. That's why I wanted to ask. I know we talked about him a few weeks ago, and you mentioned many reasons why Irvin's not, unless like it's the deepest of leagues and you need to whatever. But uh, there's a lot of similarities between the two. And I was just wanted to get your opinions because there were some very smart people that were in on JP Sears this week. I was like, I don't see it. I, maybe I'm missing something, but we'll see. We'll see. Aaron Savali picked up in 61 leagues as high as $36, returning from the IL last week. He had two starts this week. First start, couldn't have gone a whole lot better unless he got the W, which they blew. Six innings, one earned, 10 Ks against the Detroit Tigers, which was outstanding. Um, it was it was a good two-step get a pickup, in my opinion. It's pretty, pretty simple in that regard. What do you think? Yeah, um, it was a friend of the pod, Dave Petrozello, who I think brought up like the number of curveballs he was throwing. Um, yesterday, he threw 44% curveballs. So far this year, he's at 27.1% on the season. And that was a really effective pitch for him. So whether or not he's going to continue to go back to that, you know, his curve, uh, I'm just like cherry picking stats at this point, but I'm on his, I'm on his baseball savant page and his curve spin rate is 95th percentile. So I definitely think there's possibility there, but you know, so maybe if he goes with that curve a little bit more, let me just see what this, see what this pitch does, because I think what's challenging is oftentimes like when somebody comes off the IL or we have a small sample size to go off, we're able to hone in on that and be like, Oh, like this is really great. Oh, 19.5% curveball. Um, swinging strike rate, 41.5% O swing, 75.9% in the zone. So that could be a real game changer for him. You know, you look at guys like, I mean, not that, that there's many similarities, but like Shohei Otani, you know, like I was looking, I was watching him pitch the other day. He's thrown like 25% fastballs, you know? And like, you can be effective, you know, doing that. And obviously the guardians know that, and they're great at developing pitchers. Savale has had his fair share of, you know, nice little runs. Um, but I do, you know, and he's got super high BABIP, super low strand rate. You know, the home runs is reasonably where about where he should be. He's got an 18% K minus walk again, lower, but you know, there are some signs of progress there overall. And I, I think maybe that does have to do with the curveball usage being up. Yeah. It's up, it's up 10% uh, this year. So yeah, so I think there's I think there's maybe something a little something something there. Yeah, I'm with you. I think there's a lot to like about uh, about him. We'll see. Like, and it's a great division to pitch in, and he's one of those guys that he'll have a blow up from time to time. But more often than not, he brings a pretty good floor into the action for you. So he's not going to usually crush it. I want to say never because he will, but uh, more often than not, he's going to put you in a good place to win. So I like that one quite a bit. Uh, we talked about this gentleman a lot last week because one of Toby's biggest pickups, Elias Montero, uh, picked up in 60 leagues as high as $31. The ironic part, if you look at his game logs, he hit better on the road before he went to Coors. He's still at fine in Coors, but he hit better on the road than in Coors. So we'll see where it goes. But bottom line is they keep playing him pretty much every day. So that's good. They yeah. go back to Coors this weekend. Uh, the, the weird thing is, is mostly this whole season, it's been like a full week of Coors, no Coors. Full week, no it's almost the rest of the season. It's half and half almost every week now. Mm. So uh, keep that in mind going forward. It might change every now and then, but for the most part, it's like half and half. But you talked a lot about Montero last week. Anything uh, new on him? Um, let's let's just peek right in here. I have some skin in the game, as you mentioned. So Babip's really high. Strikeout rate is really high, but I think his contact rate is is fine. It's a little low. He's he's got one home run, a five percent home run per five ball. He's got six barrels and only one home run. Come on, give the guy a break. Give him give him some 
give him some pop. All my teams have 105 home runs so far this year. Come on, just give us a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he's playing every day. I mean, like, I think he's played every single day since the start of last week. And he is going to be playing half his games at Coors. And he's in the lineup every week, which I think is key, especially playing third base. Like he's third base eligible and that's a weak spot for sure. So yeah, I like it. I like it. Give me some more. Um, hope he gets on a little bit of a heater, you know, at least from a power perspective, because he certainly deserves a, a little bit more pop. Yeah, I'm with you. And with, you know, like I said, you got Coors coming. I've got the Giants this weekend and you know, get a little Coors action. Like the fact they're playing them every day is impressive. So ride the wave while you can. This one's a shocker. Michael Walker picked up in 57 leagues as high as $76. I guess the shocker part was he returned from the IL and he went seven shutout with nine Ks against the New York Yankees. Man, do they miss Joey Gallo. It's amazing. But uh, what's your thoughts on this walk? We've talked about Walker all season. He's always like picked up for two steps, done this, this, that. He's performed this year, though. It's crazy looking at Waka. 2-4-4 ERA. Does have the 407 XFIP, so definitely some luck involved. Not a ton of strikeouts, you know. The um, 11.7% K to walk, but he's like getting the job done if you're looking for ratio help, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about Michael Waka. He's one of those guys where it's like, yeah, he doesn't deserve anything he's gotten this year. He's been god-awful from a skills perspective, but he somehow managed to do it. You know, the fastball velocity is up to about as high as it's been, you know, in his last start over the course of the year. He probably threw his change up a lot. Let's see. No, he throws through his change up less. Uh, who knows what the hell I'm talking about? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't do it. I just can't do it. I have, you know, yeah, just 230, two, 234 Babbitt. Yeah, I can't 80, do it. 82% strand rate when his career is at 73.4%. His career Babbitt's at 298. He's got a 9.8 swinging, or I mean 9.4 swinging strike rate, 11.7% K minus walk. Uh, just there's just nothing compelling here. Like, and his home runs per nine, like career is point is I mean like the last few years 1.66, 2.38, 1.85, and all of a sudden 0.81. I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know. I can't he's a guy. It. He's a guy I've rostered a couple times for his two steps. That was it. Like I knew for a fact I'm dumping him the next week. If I just pulled up, like he's got at Baltimore this week and he's got versus Tampa Bay next week. Baltimore's been sneaky. Not saying like you can't get it, but he's been getting everybody somehow. But it's like you're just waiting for that blow up to come. I I I'd, I'd be careful, folks. Just be very careful. Luis Ringifo picked up in 56 leagues as high as $35. It's time to buy him. I've been saying he was, I was for a long time, like, no, no, no. Well, he's playing every day, hitting third for the uh, Angels since the All Star break, hitting 293 with uh, 13 extra base hits, three of them home runs. He actually has fourth home run tonight off of Robbie Ray, has a couple stolen bases. He's only striking out 12.6% of the time. He's getting the job done. He's, it's not crazy. He's not a ton of power, but. He's very productive right now, and you know it's tough to ignore, Toby. Yeah, I mean it is. It is tough. Um, I think the challenge with him is just like the lack of other things. You know, it's kind of like one of those situations where, sure, like over the course of the full season, he's probably a like twelve and eight guy or something like that, which is fine but like i don't know i mean hitting third like obviously you go after him in a 15 teamer you know he's long gone in a 12 i don't know if there's enough there for me obviously he hit a home run today so you struck gold there but um i also don't see much change like there's an increase in his um increase in his contact rate decrease in his ground ball rate um but also a decrease in his hard hit rate over the same period of time Let's see, he's got eight home runs, 11 barrels. Now, he's about where he should be, 109.3. Yeah, I mean, he's like about what he is. And, you know, the batting average is certainly helpful. And where he's hitting is is beneficial as well. I think that helps him out considerably with the runs in RBI. So, yeah, he's fine. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't really be going after him in 12s, though. I don't, I don't know if there's enough. Yeah, it's tough. It's very, very tough. Um, yeah. 
You're talking about speculative ads. Next up, Manny Margot picked up in 55 leagues as high as $38. He's rehabbing down in Durham right now. I was looking for an exact date for his return. I haven't seen that just yet, but uh, he did play tonight, scored a run, got a couple hits, it looks like. Um, he should be back here pretty soon, it looks like. Hopefully the end of this week, if not early next week. So not a bad outfield guy to go spec on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, there's not much analysis that we have to do here. I just think, you know, it's one of those spec situations. And he could come back. He could play every day. Um, let me just check really quickly. Um, you know, you got a Roseran out there. You got Siri. So maybe his his stuff is impacted. Peralta. So you do worry a little bit, I think, about whether he whether he ends up on the short side of the platoon a little bit, or at least in like a, you know, a mix and match type of thing. Rosaren is going to play every day Peralta and against righties Siri. Like, again, like the hitting isn't that great, but defensively he's elite. I don't, I don't know. Is Margo that good defensively? I mean, I know he's obviously fast, but um, I don't know if I, I don't think he's better than Siri. Let's put it that way. Siri is a pretty darn good defender. Yeah, let's see. What do we got for? I mean, I'll go to whatever I normally look at, which is DRS. Yeah, so he's like, he's been, he's been a zero in 2022 in 310 innings, zero defensive run, run saved. Um, what is it? Series probably like way above that. You should be. Um, yeah, I mean, I know that everybody listens to the podcast to hear us read out mumble jumble of defensive run save, but yeah, like you know, Siri and that's what, in, that's what in the a, Rays look for. So it's true. Yeah, I mean, like in 450 innings, Siri's a eight defensive runs saved. Yeah. And then let's see. I bet like if we go to leaderboards and we go to fielding and we go to um, outs above average, like. Um, Wow, Jonathan Scope has the most outs above average. Can you believe that? It's a good thing since he can't hit. Yeah, so Siri is number seven on outs above average. He's prevented 10 runs. His outs above average is 11. And that is, um, that's that's in a limited number of innings as well. Uh, And then Margot... Oh, that's interesting. Margot's like not even on here. I guess the, I got to change the innings thing. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't played as many. Yeah, I'll just go to like... I go to like 200 or something. Yeah, let's go let's try this again here. Oh, it's Margot. Yeah, Manny Margot is negative two outs above average. So again, like I would not be surprised if he ends up in a platoon with Peralta and maybe spells Siri every once in a while. But I do think that the that the Rays play such a high value on that center field defensive position that, that I think it'll be tr- tough to maybe displace him, but I could be absolutely, totally ridiculously wrong on that. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. It'll be interesting. If he plays every day, he's a stud. So hopefully that pans out. Got a couple more here before we go over our weekly moves, but I wanted to ask you about, cause we talked uh, Rowan wick was added. Ian Kennedy guys, we talked about last week, of course, but I wanted to ask you about Alexis Diaz. 55 leagues as high as $38. We always say don't play Reds roulette. It's it's ugly. Hunter Strickland's burned us. Many of them have burned us. But Diaz has been filthy. Like we talk about guys like uh, Montero and some other guys from Seattle. Um, Diaz has been nuts. He's got a couple saves over his last five appearances, not giving up runs, getting all the strikeouts. Uh, he's been very, very good. So would you have any – like I had some spec bids on him as like a fourth or fifth option just because I'll take the ratios and the strikeouts. What's your thoughts on Alexis Diaz? Because he's not quite deserving of two trumpets, Timmy trumpets, like his brother, but he's getting pretty close, it looks like. Yeah, you know, I think we talked about him, I think, a couple weeks back. I, I don't know if there's anything that's changed dramatically. Oh, maybe there has been something that changed dramatically. Uh, yeah, I mean, over the last 15, he's 70% in zone contact, 42% strikeout rate. Yeah, he's been filthy. 37% O-swing. 20.7% swinging strike rate, 10.5% walk rate. Uh, yeah, he's been unreal good. Mm-hmm. Man, I always hate myself when I see these guys <laughs> like this. So I had who, are doing, who are doing this stuff, 
who are doing that. I mean, this is insane. Like the numbers he's, he's, he's putting up. Dominating. It's, it's unbelievable. And <laughs> here I am thinking he has a walk rate issue, <laughs> right? He's like in his last 10 games, his end zone contact is 68.5%, which is insane. He's got 42.5% K rate and O swing. He's got a 5% walk rate and a 24.6% swinging strike rate. Yeah, filthy. I mean that literally is probably the better than his brother on like probably. all accounts. Honestly, yep. Yep. Uh, it's ridiculous, man. He should be on some of my teams, and he's not. That's unfortunate. Yeah. That's why I just wanted to bring him up because I know many of us have written him off. Many of us say don't play Reds roulette, and for very good reasons. Like it just burns you left and right. But I'm at the point with Diaz. Even if he's not getting saves, he's doing everything else. Like he is so good right now. He is that guy. Like he's a Devin Williams type before Devin got the job. He's like some of these guys we talk about at this point in the season. When you're looking for that last starter to throw in your lineup, Diaz might be a better option. He might get you like eight Ks on the week in like two innings or something. So it's just like it's what he's. And I'm, I know you only get six outs in two innings, but if you look at his stats or two appearances, I'll say let's put it that way because he goes an inning and two thirds sometimes. He's filthy, absolutely filthy. So I got to keep on your radar, folks, and you can get him probably pretty cheap because, uh, yeah, that's the way things are going these days. All right, speaking of getting things cheap and how fab goes this these days, Toby, let's go over our fab results. Let's talk fab, my friend. How'd things go for you this past week? Uh, pretty good. It felt like a, felt like a productive um, weekend or week or uh, I don't know. Um, uh, fab, fab day. Uh, so... Starting off, uh, it was actually like there was a crap ton of bids in all my leagues. I had like very deep, I had some very deep um, conditionals where I didn't get anybody. So I mean, make of that what you will. Uh, Lane Thomas added for six bucks, dropped Lewin Diaz, um, $1 backup, added uh, Rugnit Odor. I got him a lot of places, six righties on the docket uh, for the O's. Um, who do they have? They've got Toronto. They've got four. Uh oh, no, they've got uh, two righties against Toronto, one righty against the Cubs, and then uh, righties for the Red Sox. But that's Crawford, Waka, and Pavetta. So maybe we get like the Waka regression game. Um, not nothing against any of my my friends that have Waka, but um, he's he's do that. Um, so yeah, so he was. He was kind of a net positive guy over overall, and I had him a few places. I also picked up Jose Siri, you know, seven games um, this week. So hoping for maybe a few stolen bases, maybe luck out and get a homer um, or so, and hopefully he hits over 150. Dropped Kyle Isbell. Um, you know, Isbell was only playing every other game. It seemed like him and I think it was Eaton um, were just uh, sw sw swapping, like playing every other day, and that's Isbell. His bill's actually been good, but um, just hard to have a guy in your lineup when he's only playing like three three games a week. And then picked up John Schreiber, um, dropped Will Crow. Um, thanks for nothing, Will Crow, last week. Uh, $1. Schreiber, we already have Whitlock in this league, and it's a standalone. So getting Whitlock and Schreiber before the Barnes saved today, it felt like you know we were in good shape to get those saves, but you know whatever. Saves suck. Uh, another league... This one I had to go deep. I think how many, like I, I would say there was at least 20 bids before any of mine were it. Uh, I picked up Greg Allen, dropped Avi Garcia. You know, I just think waste of a season for him. Him and Soler were all gone. Probably should have been gone earlier, but um, just really disappointing seasons for both of them. And I had them a lot of, a lot of places, which is kind of sad when I think about it. my pitching has been so good and the hitting has just not been able to, to do it partially my fault. Um, so yeah, Greg Allen, who was a guy I picked up a few places. Um, I picked up Carl Edwards jr. For 17 bucks, dropped Kyle Finnegan F F U Nats. Um, thanks a lot. Like Finnegan doesn't sniff the saves for two weeks. Yeah, and then you're like, Oh, guess what? We'll like mix this up. Uh, fantastic. Great job. Uh, Rugnado door added him, dropped Garrett Cooper, added Greg Allen, dropped Evan Longoria. Thank you as well. Longoria for hitting that home run. Uh, Nelson Velasquez added him, dropped Jorge Soler. I love Vas Velasquez. I just wish yep. he'd get consistent run, but, yep. um, yeah. Uh, he's on my bench. Finale. Carl Edwards jr. Added him, dropped Eric Swanson, 19, uh, runner up of 11. These are places that I need saves. So again, thanks. Thanks a lot. Nats. Uh, Rugi Odor dropped Av Avisel Garcia, added Greg Allen, 
I dropped Jorge Soler. Um, this is my 12-teamer coming up. Oh, I just had one bid. Carl Edwards, three bucks. Dropped Nick Lodolo, LOL. Um, TGFBI. This is the only place I got Joey and Fran Mill. Joey Fran Mill, 19. Soler, eight. Joey, six. For Avi, zero backups. Carl Edwards Jr. for six, zero backups. Lane Thomas for four, zero backups. Did I have him in the lineup? Did I get that home run today? That could have been sweet. Could have been. I did. There you go. I did. Yes. That a boy. Sweet. Although, like, I had Miggy Rojas on the bench, and he had, like, a great day yesterday, yeah, but whatever. It happens. That's usually the trade-offs we make. Yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and then, finally, Barf. I had I added Carl Edwards Jr. dropped Rizal Iglesias, added Jose Siri, dropped Matt Carpenter, added Joey Manises, dropped Avi Garcia, added Greg Allen, dropped Jorge Soler, added Taryn Bavra, and dropped Kevin Newman. Um, Bavra had a decent little game, I think. Yes, did I did. start him though? <laughs> Was he on my bench? It's Barf. I hope he's. No, he's in there. Yeah, he's in there. We're battling. We're battling. Are, are we battling? Let's well, see. It's it's it's, it's re Sammy's taking you, you've off. Re, you've gone on a run. It's you've been gone me, on a run. Me, you and Eno are hanging out second, third, and fourth. Oh man, there's it's a I, lot it's of ironic guys, like, that corner around. of the draft room, Toby. All four of us. That corner of the draft room. Just throwing we that are, out there. We are smart individuals. Honestly, yep. I mean, so we let's, do. Let's be let's be real for a moment. Um, a little bit of sad news. I'm not doing bar football this year. I, I know. I, I heard. I saw the email. I need to read the emails. I agreed. I have no idea what we're doing. We changed the format and everything. I have to go figure it out. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I haven't done football just, research yet. I haven't even started researching. This, this could be entertaining. Honestly, like, you know, I, I've just been so bad in that league every single year. I just feel like it's not fair to people who actually know what they're doing. And honestly, like, I'm I'm so – I'm ready for this year to be over. Take a breather. Um. I just want to take a breather. I'm honestly, I'm going to say it on this podcast right now, Bubba, and I expect you to hold me to it. I'm only going to do like maybe three DCs, two, three DCs before the new year or after the new year. No, I'm serious. I'm so, I'm just, man, I, I spend so much of my life doing the waiver wire and then setting lineups on Monday night or Monday morning. No, not even Monday mornings. It's Sunday nights, Sunday nights. And then um, also on Thursday nights, like, again, it's, you know, it's of my own choosing, but I don't know. I don't know who, who's on any of my DCs. You know, it's one of those things where you like, I only have, eight, I have eight this year compared to like whatever I had, like 15 last year. And it's just like, I don't even know who's on each team, you know? And like, and like, I literally am like, ah, do I change my lineup after like seeing these lineups that have come up? Like, do I actually go through and search for the guy and like change him and, yeah, uh, it's just like that's not a good place to be in, you know. So I'm just gonna do a couple, just make sure I'm in the mood. But okay, yeah, I'll hold, I'll hold you to it. All right, deal. You got it. All right, my fab results for the week: first of four OCs, Vaughn Grissom dropped Timer Conolario, forty-six to thirty-three. Got me some Jock Jams, eight to zero. Here's one mm. for you, because uh, the Giants have a lot of good right. They have like five righties in seven games, two in Coors. I got him eight to zero, and guess who I dropped? Joey Votto. He's gone. Joey it's been bad. Gone. It's been a bad year for Joey Votto. It's, um, I started making some cuts here in the last few weeks, and Joey Votto made it to the top of the list this week. So mm. he's hitting like 212 this year. Um, also, I added Lamont Wade Jr., dropped Mitch White, 8-0 to zero as well. So loaded up on some Gigante bats that aren't doing jack diddly so far this week. Um, next uh, OC, got my boy Emmanuel Rivera, 11-1. to one. Heimer Candelario, love me some Rivera. Uh, got Bryson Stott dropped Joey Votto again, nine to one. Stott's been crushing it lately. Had a oh yeah, he really he has. Played, he, I know he got a stolen base last night. Not sure what he did tonight, but he's been playing. He's hitting towards the top of the order, playing very well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Big fan hit. Um, Ramon Urias dropped Eduardo Escobar three to zero. Ledimus Diaz dropped Tim Anderson three to two. Just kind of a lot of spec bids on some stuff there. Next OC, Vaughn Grissom dropped Leody Tavares twenty two to one. Grabbed Eduardo Rodriguez. Drop Mitch White. We'll talk about Erod in a bit. We had a question on that one. Uh, six to zero. I'll take that. Added Nick Gordon. Dropped Adam Frazier. Three to zero. Added Garrett Whitlock. Dropped Nate Evaldi. Three to zero. If you can't guess, Toby, that's the league where no one pays attention anymore. Talking <laughs> about that. That's why I was like just putting small bids in. Like, oh, we'll see how this one goes. And boom, 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 boom. Only guy I didn't get was Lance McCullers. He went for $12. $12. My backup bid was 11 
I was just like laughing. I'm like, this is this league. It's unbelievable. Uh, my last OC got Erod. This one I went big because I had like 300, almost 400 bucks still for some reason. I, c- I just kept losing all my big bids this year. So I wanted to make sure I got Erod, dropped Joe Barlow 78 to 8, got Von Grissom, dropped Matt Carpenter 66 to 41. Grabbed Bryson Stott, dropped Yadiel Hernandez 12 to 6, added Emmanuel Rivera, dropped Heimer Candelario 11 to 8. And that league had a bunch of moves. Uh, the Guilds tweeted it out because he's crushing us in that league. But like we're all battling to just get like in the money, and there was a lot of moves. So I, I respect that league quite a bit. A lot of action still. Um, one of my OCQs got Von Grissom, dropped Tim Anderson 21 to 4. Bryson Stott dropped Jonathan Scope 8 to 0. Emmanuel Rivera dropped Candelario. Savali dropped Yadiel. Whitlock dropped Eovaldi. Nate Eovaldi found the chopping block. Um, my other OC got Bryson Stott, dropped Tim Anderson, got Erod, dropped Brubaker, got Rivera, dropped Candy. Savali dropped Yadiel. Lamont Wade Jr. dropped Scope. You see a trend in my picks yet? You can find it, I guarantee you. Uh, Barf. Barf. Got Vaughn Grissom. Dropped Cesar Hernandez, 66 to 33. Then you guys are sleeping at the wheel, Toby. I got Erod, dropped Aaron Hicks, 57 to 0. Not even a backup bid. And Justin Mason goes on the sleeper and the bus saying you have to spend everything you can on your because he's the best pickup you can make. I, I, he didn't put a bid in for him. What a bum. But I just want to give Justin Mason a hard time. Grabbed Emmanuel Rivera, dropped Heimer Candelario, grabbed Christian Arroyo, dropped Ryan Altapia. Arroyo's playing sneaky good for you deeper league players. Mm. Keep an eye on him. And then TGFBI, I got Erod, dropped Barlow. I had a lot of money on this one too. Uh, Emmanuel Rivera dropped Tim Anderson. Jose Suarez dropped Mitch White. Suarez dealt tonight against Seattle. Added Jake McCarthy, dropped Yadiel Hernandez. Then added Lamont Wade Jr., dropped Jonathan Scope. So fun week. Fun week in fab. Now let's get to the fun. I am looking forward to this discussion in a big, big way. We have like two questions, I think, this week. Uh, we'll start with the one. Ben Tan, our buddy, breaking Ben underscore T. How useful do you guys think Eduardo Rodriguez will be once he returns? Before Toby slams us, I wanted to throw it out there that before he got hurt, the Audi before he got hurt, below 40, he had a 370 RA, decent strikeout rate. What was his we whip? Had, we don't want to talk about it. His um, mm. his uh, mm. his rehab has been going great. His game tonight, six innings, five hits, one run, 11 Ks. He had an immaculate inning in the fifth. And he's scheduled to start against the Giants on Monday. Yes, his his, his his whip might not be great. That's fine. But he's got strikeouts. He's going to get innings. I'm a fan. There's not To me, there's not a ton of guys on the wire that can give you what Erod can give you. Maybe I'm overthinking it. But I'm a big Erod fan. Toby's going to prove us wrong, Ben. But I'm with you, Ben. Go get Erod. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Ben Tid, second place overall in the main event. Go get him, Ben. You don't, Go you get don't him. need to. You don't need to ask us questions, man. You need a podcast. You should be doing this. Um, here is um, Eduardo Rodriguez. This is his whip throughout his career, starting in 2015, 1.29. 2016, 1.30. 1.28. 1.29. 1.33, you know what I call his that? career, his career consistency, um, <laughs> career rip is 1.31. I don't know who we think this guy is like who we know he's a high whip, high strikeout, potentially. Exactly. Decent totally. Totally. That's, <laughs> that is indeed what he is. So again, there are worse players you could add for sure. But do not be surprised when Eduardo Rodriguez blows up. I mean, like, what are you expecting to get out of him, right? It's like, are you expecting to get a lot of wins? No, not really. Strikeouts, 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 strikeouts and more strikeouts. I mean, strikeouts are strikeouts are fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, you you know the situation when you can put him in there or not. Just don't don't convince yourself that he's good a hey, uh ben when you win first and the overall make sure you let toby it's because of erod just let him know it was because of erod and you can whip it all over the place you want to know something you want to know something uh i don't want to put too much undue pressure on ben because he's been a listener of the show forever he's for, awesome. for a long time yeah. ben's great 
Yep. Fantastic. I have never met him in person, but I anticipate that um, when he finishes very high in the main event, that he will you know, find his way to Vegas or um, I'm not going to be able to be at first pitch this year, which kind of sucks. But, but I'd um, love to meet you there, Ben. Come on down. Yeah, Bubba would love to meet you there. <laughs> But you know what? What what I'm going to replace the cover of our, our podcast with is like similar to how like Baseball HQ, you know, like every yeah. winner of the of the main event or whatever always has used the baseball forecaster, and yeah. they always have that quote on the back that's like, "This is the this is the best thing in the face of the earth," and they're right when yeah. you know about the um, the forecaster. But I'm going to put a quote like that from Ben Tid. That says Ben Tid overall main event overall winner, Ben Tid, the Bubba and the Bat Flip Bench with Bubba Bat Flip Crazy podcasts have been essential to my development <laughs> as a fantasy baseball player. I like without their contributions <laughs> to my understanding of the game, I could never have been in the place that I am right now. I think I think you're onto something there. Uh, you know, like how usually like the, the PR person drafts the quote and then the, yes. the person approves it. That's what's going to happen here. You know, it's like going it. to like every adjective possible about like how brilliant we are, Bubba, is going to be like in it. that quote for sure. I, th I, th yeah. I think that's, it sounded great. It sounded wow. really, really good. I mean, I've thought a lot about this. Yeah, honestly. it sounded really good. I think Ben would agree. I think you would. Just shake your head. Yeah. And blink twice, Ben, if you agree. Thank you. I see it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, but all, all joking aside, nope. Ben. You're He's awesome. crushing it. You yep. seem very level-headed, smart dude. You know, go out there. Get it, man. Get crush it. it. Get we're it. rooting for you. We're rooting. Yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of friends in, at the top. And so we're rooting for everybody. But Ben, I mean, if you tell us that you'll give us the quote, then you, you are, <laughs> we'll who are who we're rooting for, for sure. <laughs> All right. Our buddy Brian Vogel has a funny question for you. With Vaughn Grissom, a lock for Rookie of the Year, how many MVP MVP votes does he gain? You know, um, I'm actually voting for his dad, uh, Marquise Grissom. Um, it's not for... his dad. It's not his dad. Oh, it is. I thought so. I thought it was. Marquise oh, I thought Grissom's, he was like. Marquise I thought Grissom's he was his son kid. Is, no, Marquise Grissom's son's Marquise Grissom Jr. and he's a pitcher. Oh, because I knew his son was in. The, yeah. I knew his son was in the minors, and I'm just I did the first thing when I did the lazy. same thing when he got called up, but I went and looked at Fangraphs first. <laughs> <laughs> holy moly all right yeah well still i'm still voting for marquise grissom for you should right in, in guy votes. old right guy of votes. the uh, old guy of the year I love it. um for sure yeah marquise grissom is gonna take this down all right joe g another loyal listener to the show has got a question for us who do you like the rest of the season joe ryan or aaron savali in need of wins it's a mixed 12 team roto you said savali seems to have the softer schedule going forward I would lean Savali as well, but uh, Ryan's good. He is, it seems like Ryan has more blow up potential than mm. Savali, if that makes sense. Yeah. Quick question. Yeah. Quick question. Uh, Marquise Grissom's best season 308, 23 home runs, 28 steals, 106 runs, 74 RBI, 5.7% walk rate, 10.1% K percentage. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Baseball but, stats from back but, in the day, like we did that one show, are just it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. What it's crazy the little stat lines they used to have compared to now. It's still only a one seventeen WRC plus. I mean, which is fine, but for but uh, he was and he was a leadoff hitter for like playoff contending teams every year, pretty yeah. much. It's crazy for sure. Um, Savali and Ryan. Let me take a peek at Ryan. One of the things I remember, I think Eno talking about a little bit was that. Um, Joe Ryan relies on a lot of deception. And so he was concerned about, you know, the second, the third time that teams started seeing him and whether he was going to kind of lose, lose a little bit of that mojo in seeing them. Um, yeah. I mean, God, he's, he's faded pretty strongly quickly. Right. Yep. Um, yep. yeah. The O swings down the Z contacts around league average K minus walk 16.9. Swinging strike 10.8. Yeah, let me just check the last little bit just to see what could be happening here. Um, let's go and look at the last five. And uh, let's see what we got. Oh, like the Z context down. The strike rate is way up. The walk rate's down, man. I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, the skills actually look 
pretty pretty damn phenomenal there. Um, let me just check out our luck metrics here. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, his, oh. his strand rate over his last five games is at 63.8%. His BABIP is at 343, and I'm going to guess his home run per nine is like through the oh. roof, which again... It's not horrible, but it's not great. Home run per fly ball is elevated at 17.1%. Yeah. yeah, which I think is a little bit, if I remember what was going on there, like a little bit of regression. That was his problem before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is tough because honestly, looking at those skills, those skills are phenomenal over the last little bit for for our buddy uh, Joe Ryan. Um, yeah, you know, no, I mean... I think I would go Ryan on this one, honestly. Um, yeah. You know, here's here's the earned runs he's given up. Two, five, one, ten. One, one, two, one, three, three, four, one, one. Like, it's pretty much just the 10 earned runs, right? Like, that's what that's what absolutely destroyed him. Um, and And so I would, again, like... You know, I think he gave up four home, five home runs. He gave up five home runs in that game. Uh, that's brutal. That's Garrett Cole level. Um, bad. Uh, yeah. So I would, I would lean Ryan. Honestly, just looking at the skills, they're really good. I think he's been unlucky. I don't know. You mentioned Savali's got the softer schedule. I'm just, I just pulled uh, Savali's next two starts: Seattle next week, Seattle the following week. Uh, I got Ryan gets the Giants next week, and then he's most got Texas the end of this run. week too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I would, I would go Ryan. I think Ryan's about the better pitcher, but I can see, I don't think it's that far apart. It's, it's very close. It's very, very close. And they're both in the central. Like right now, they're playing games outside of the central, but they'll be back in there to finish the season, most likely. So you'll get some cushy matchups more often than not. Given the, in, the Guardians, I almost did it. The Guardians do not strike out very much. So keep that in mind. That's a, an interesting one to watch. Ahmed as well. Rosario. Yep, and the White Sox. Oh, Andres Jimenez, boys and girls. Whew, what a season. What a season. Holy cow, yeah. really glad I drafted him last year. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel about Christian Walker. Don't you worry. Um, but all right, we're going to wrap it up there, Toby. Any final thoughts? Week 20 fab in the book. You said six more fab periods to go. We are closing in. Yeah, no, I think just keep on plugging away. I mean, it's the same constant um, drum beat. So let's let's go get it. Especially Ben Tid. Ben Tid, get it. I can't wait to see uh, all the fab for these prospects coming up. It's going to be a doozy this weekend. I can't. It's good. What leagues have money and who wants to overspend? It's going to be a fun one. Looking forward to it. Hope Grissom plays the rest of the year. Otherwise, I'll be very cranky. But uh, we'll see how that one goes. Make sure you guys check out Toby on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. I'm at BD Intric, and this was your Week 20 Fab Recap on Bubba the BatFlip, Episode 133. Catch you guys next time. That's going to wrap us up for episode 229 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast, an edition number 133 of Bubba and the Batflip. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Um, always a lot of fun to chat with Bubba and appreciate you all listening. Uh, best of luck with all of your uh, fantasy baseball uh, teams. I hope you're still still going at it, still grinding as we, uh, we approach the finish line here. So, um, yeah, best of luck. Take care and be kind to one another.